0: Strictly John Keith. Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9.
1: Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Now, in the late 1960s, a writer called Arthur Hopcraft wrote a wonderful book called The Football Man and it's a title that sums up perfectly my studio guest. He's filled every conceivable role in the game, including managing Tranmere and Wigan, and what he doesn't know about football, he could fit on a postage stamp and still have space left over. It's a very warm welcome to Ray Mathias. Hi, John. Ray, nice thanks for coming in. Yes up the city tower your first visit I gather up here yes it is delighted have
0: fantastic yeah. views from here you know of, uh, if, it was, if it had known earlier it come earlier yes but uh, it's absolutely fantastic it yeah, is
1: it is well, uh, yeah, and you just bumped into one of the tour parties as well which come up the 450 foot high tower now if I could read a quote from you Ray a decade ago I think it would capture exactly why you were nicknamed Mr Tranmere this is what you said becoming manager of Tranmere meant so much to me because I've served the club at every other the level from junior player to senior pro, captain, player coach, coach, scout, reserve team manager, assistant manager and caretaker manager. And I think to that, we could add kit man and training centre manager. So it's a remarkable list, Ray, that, isn't it?
0: Yes, definitely so, John. I think uh, you, you probably missed out there. We used oh. to get the kit washed and <laughs> take the <laughs> yes. kits home to get it darned in 1980 when Brian Hamilton was manager. <laughs> oh, so yes, uh, yes. They, were, they were bad times, you know, at the football club. I think they had meetings then in the stand with John a chap called John Holsgrove who was the director. Oh, yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, they had meetings in the stand. And funny enough, then, the team were training on the pitch because we had that many part-time players. Yeah. We had to bring them and get them together uh, with the pros, what we did have at the football club, and yeah. uh, to go through things for the for the
1: Saturday in yeah. preparation for the game. So, I mean, that, that really is hand-to-mouth football, isn't it, really?
0: Well, it is. It just shows you what, uh, you know, when, when you go down to that level, um, you know, people don't realise, you know, football is all about money and i think that that particular time was you know even my life through tramway we were never well off club and yeah. uh, we were always
1: struggling financially but uh, that particular time then was it was a bad time yes i'm sure it was with we'll props talk i'm sure we will talk about that a little bit later now given all that ray that we talked about uh, and the fact that you hold a Tranmere record for most appearances in all competitions, a massive 638 between 1967 and 1985. I guess that even today, Prenton Park's weaved into your DNA, is it?
0: Yes, it has. Um, I don't think anybody's going to beat that record again, uh, John. No. it's well, the players have moved on. They, they sign one year contracts. Even saying that, we used to sign one year contracts, but we used to have to earn our contracts yes, then. You that's know? a and very good point. Yes. The most I ever got at Tramway was a two year contract, really, and that was when Johnny King was manager. And of course, he was my neighbour, so he had to give me a two year contract. <laughs> <laughs> me,
1: so. Well, he's the other Mister Tramway, isn't he? <laughs> he's the definitely yes, Johnny King. Uh,
0: yeah. No one will match him, you know, for uh, for what he achieved at uh, Tramway Rovers. But uh, you know, fantastic club, you know, and uh, one of, I'll always love.
1: Um, you were born in Heighton, yeah?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, nineteen forty six I think it was. Um, played for Heighton and Prescott School Boys. Yeah. Um there was a, a chap called Willie Anderson. We we both oh, yeah. uh, had I'd left school and Man United. And, yes, yeah, yeah. Willie had gone. Yeah. And um when we left school I got a phone call from the um or, a, or somebody got round to me. We didn't have phones then, you know, so it was um yeah. it was a time where the teacher got in touch with me. Uh, asked me to go down to his school in uh, Stockbridge Lane, I think it was, and went down and seen him. He said, listen, Manchester United and Wolves are interested in you and Willie Anderson. So I thought, oh, that's, that's great, you know, but uh, I think it happened for Willie and it didn't, unfortunately, yeah. happen for me, you know, yeah. so... But that's that's life, you get on with it and accept
1: mm. it. Yeah. Did you did you think about that for a while afterwards? Nothing? Yeah,
0: you yeah. you do, you know, you, you're waiting for the doorbell to ring or, mm. you know, the knocker to knock as it was then and... Uh, as I say, we didn't have phones, so it was just a, a thing of just waiting and hoping, you know. But yes. see, it never happens. So. But I got on with my life and I started applying for trials at different places because I knew I had good ability, so yeah. uh, I had that belief in that, you know. Uh, so it was, uh, I went to an Ellesmere port then.
1: Well, just I was just going to ask you, uh, growing up in Heighton and, and being born there, were you an Everton, Liverpool fan as a boy?
0: Or? Oh, absolute oh. Uh, Liverpool mad. Were you? Yeah, yeah, but the thing about us then, you know, as as friends and mates, uh, we used to knock about together, we'd jump on the bus to, to Liverpool one week from Old Swan, this football special, and then uh, the next week we'd be going to Everton, yes. you know, and... and yes. uh, as
1: many people did, didn't they?
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. and the the topic then was obviously jumping over from the uh, boys' pen into the other part <laughs> of the ground, because you'd get over the fences then, it was, it was good, you know, so... Uh, and you'd end yeah. up in the ground, you know, watching, yeah. the, watching the match, and yeah. you'd, you'd go back and tell all your mates then what you You've done
1: so, who were your early heroes in football then, right?
0: I mean, t- I, I went to the game where Billy Little uh, actually uh, played his, his last game at yes, Anfield, and yes, um, I saw that too. it's a funny situation, really. Me and my brother went, who was a little bit he was two years older than me, and he was a lot bigger. and We stood in the right at the front in Anfield Road, I think it was. and Next minute, we see all these people getting out onto the side of the pitch and sitting down by the wall. It was only a small wall, yes, yes, then, you was, know, yeah, and you yeah. know, and uh, yeah we thought I, I couldn't I'm very claustrophobic you know and, that, and uh, I was getting knocked against the wall and banged and all that and I said to him should we jump over the wall so he jumped over the wall with me and I we sat there for a bit and the next minute a policeman came up and took us outside. And I got a clip over the ear all all the way home from uh, from Anfield to Hayton.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you true. didn't see
0: the end of the match? Didn't see the match. End oh. of the match, yeah, but seen seeing Billy Little playing on the day which was uh you know, yeah. that was, it was he was one of the heroes, you know. Player, wasn't he? It's a funny story really, John, because he used to live in Hayton. Um, yes, Billy Little you know yes. he lived in a place called Windsor Road uh-huh. yeah and uh, over the years kids always come to your house knock on the door and ask for your autograph you know and that and we were the sort of kids we just all we do we wouldn't go knocking on the door we just walked past his house just to see if we can see him in the window. I think that was something special to <laughs> us then, you know. Lovely. So it was a yes. absolutely fantastic. Yes. But when when we did see him, we just run home and that was it. You'd but, seen, uh, Billy we'd seen Billy Little, you know. Yeah. So
1: it was... A people who uh, weren't around at the time can't conceive of how how big Billy Little was in the in the public you know in the public appreciation. He was just a giant, wasn't he? Oh, he
0: was an unbelievable, player, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. you know, it's. Whatever he played, you know, he always gave his all and that and he had a great shot on him, didn't he? You know, which uh, oh. I think everybody knew about and yes. uh, certainly the yes. opposition teams knew about as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the greatest Liverpool players, I always cite Billy Liddell and obviously there's Kenny and Stephen Gerrard. Ian Callaghan actually, who replaced Billy, he actually plumps for Gerrard but I veer towards Billy Little, given the quality the teams Billy played in with The quality of the teams Kenny and Stephen Gerrard has played, and he kept them from going down one into the third division. Billy, you know. Yeah. So, w- where do you where would you start? Well, you know,
0: obviously, we're growing up with, with the likes of Billy Little. You know, I was, mm. I was fortunate later on to, to go to Everton, you know, uh, a lot, you know, and watch um, when we played on a Friday night uh, to watch Kendall Ball and Harvey, you know, oh, which well, was absolutely yes. fantastic, oh, fantastic, fantastic, you know. Yes, but, uh, yes. you know, I look at Kenny Dalgleish, you know, and, and for me. In modern day football, I think Kenny Dalglish is probably one of the best footballers. You know, yes. uh, along with Rushy, you know, for yes. his goal-scoring feats, and
1: yeah.
0: uh, it was absolutely fantastic just to see them players playing.
1: Oh well, I don't think we've seen a better front two than Russian Dalglish, have we? Oh, I t- don't t- think
0: so. I was talking yesterday <laughs> to somebody, and you know, and, he, and somebody said, well, what about Rushy? You know, with, with Dalglish, I said, well you're right what a pair in that you know and I was talking to Tony Mowbray actually the manager oh, of Middlesbrough right. and yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. we were going about on about uh, Toshak and um, Keegan mm. sorry yeah. and uh, we are talking about them and you know and then we come up with what about Dalglish and Rush you yeah. know there's, there's no yeah. better no. partnership than no. them you know the understanding what them two had yeah. and the goals what he created Dalglish for yeah. Rush you know it was oh, fantastic f-
1: yeah they were wonderful I think the match of the day viewers voted it the best British strike force since the war yeah, so I would are. agree with that, definitely, yeah. yeah. To get back to your story, um, there you were, You there was a little tease of Manchester United, but actually you went to Ellesmere Port town, didn't you?
0: I did, yes. Um, playing, I think I played for them, the, one of the youngest players to play for Ellesmere Port in the, the Old Cheshire League then. Mm. What uh, would, you was be? Fif- to, oh, would you, you be? 15? I was 15, yes, yeah. and had some really, really good players, you know, part-time players. Who could have been uh, playing in the football league? You know, certainly would have played in the football league these days. You know, and that. But, yes. uh, I think the quality of players around then, it, they didn't happen for them. No. But the, my situation at that time was, um, I used to get up at um, half past six in the morning, yeah. get the bus from Page Moss to and yeah. Quarry, work in the BICC, <laughs> which I was trying to get an apprenticeship with. Yes. Grid. Yes. And then, after half past four, jump a Crossville bus into Liverpool. Off the bus onto the train through to Hamilton Square. Yes, then I used to get a bus and I'd arrive at the Ellesmere Port, which was York Road then. Yeah. and uh, I'd arrived there probably half past six when they we were all finished or seven o'clock, you know. Yeah. So it was uh, yeah. and I was lucky uh, a couple of months later where a, a, a lad started training with them. and he had the motorbike, so he used to put me on the back of his motorbike ah. and we go together, so it was it was great, that, you know.
1: I'm it sure getting... it was. I mean, it shows the um, the commitment players of that era had to make their way in the game, doesn't it? Well, really?
0: you know, that's it. You know, we were talking, uh, I think, Dave Hickson, the background of him, he used to get the bus from Port and yeah. mix with the fans and that, you know, but yeah. that was part and parcel yeah. of your life then. You jumped That's on the right. bus and went where you had to go. Yeah,
1: as Dixie Dean did on the tram all those years earlier. Exactly, You He yes. took a tram the day he beat the record.
0: Yeah, you know, so, you know, it's not new to us, it's it's something what we had to do to yeah. get there. If you wanted to be yeah. there, you had to do it. Yeah. No, no matter what the price as well.
1: I don't think you would see Louis Suarez on the bus, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Ray, do you? Anyway, there yeah. you are at Ellesmere Port. How did, um, in? it's 1963 you joined Tremor. All the record books have got it wrong, haven't they? Yes, you were definitely telling you have, me. yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: the reason being, I met uh, my wife. Um, she was 14, coming 15. And uh, she was 15 on the 7th of June, and I was just signed for Tramir, so uh, I was apprentice in uh, that was 1963.
1: And they'd spotted you for Ellesmere Port, obviously.
0: So, yes, um, uh, I was playing for them, and a chap called Walter Skinner was the chief scout. Apparently, he was was at Bolton Wonders, funny enough, the whole first division club, uh, but two months prior to that, but previous to that, and uh, he been checking me out and watching me for ages, you know. And, yes. and anyway, he ended up at his chief yeah. scout and took me to Tramway. So.
1: And Dave Russell was then manager of Tramway, wasn't he? Uh,
0: Dave Russell yeah. was manager of Tramway. There's another
1: great character yeah. of Tramway, isn't it, Dave Oof, Russell? Dave <laughs> Russell, yeah. I, I mean, there was speculation that he was going to be manager of Scotland at one time. mean, it never materialised, but he was. That he was. It was that, that stature. Yes, Dave, I wasn't think. he? Yeah, he was. You know, mm. when
0: you, you look, you know, the the, the new stand. He was behind that really, in, in yes. him and Bill Bothwell, who was a chairman then, was right yeah. behind that. Uh, the project. Another Scot, two and, Scots, yeah, Scots together, exactly, yeah. you know. So yeah. uh, they got, they must have got the funds from somewhere. And uh, I think Tramie really, really struggled, probably financially after that, you know, through mm. the expense of mm. actually putting that stand up.
1: Yes, I think. Well, they did, didn't they? Yeah. But how much? As a youngster, did you have a lot of contact with Dave in those days, Dave Russell?
0: Well, my first. Uh, I mean, I I got into I'd got into the first team in a practice game, and yeah. uh, when I was about eighteen, nineteen, and uh, Dave was one of them. He wouldn't, he was very reluctant to play the young lads and that. And um, I'd I'd been doing well in the reserves, and uh, Jackie Wright and uh, yeah. uh, Mark Lawson, Royal Lawson, recommend me to uh, to the yeah. manager and that. And, yeah. Anyway, we played in a, a practice game. I was up against Mandy Hill I, I remember him yeah back, which wasn't my favorite yeah. position but yeah. I' would played there numerous times as well and uh he just finished playing for the under 20th well he was an under 23 international and uh yeah. fantastic player and if he had anybody on the ropes he battered them and I was a young lad and I kept yeah. on diving into him and down and and he had one of them games where he absolutely saw the backside oh, out it. of me and uh I never made a uh, another first team appearance uh, after that, you know, so, and that was just in a practice match. But, <laughs> but that
1: was Dave Russell. Well, that was Dave Russell, but of course, you did make another appearance eventually and went on to make hundreds of them. I'm talking to uh, what the man they call Mr. Tranmere, Ray Mathias, and of course, he also managed Wigan, did many other things. We'll be talking more to Ray after this break. Don't go away. This
0: is Strictly
1: John Keith on. City Talk 105.9 Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guest is Ray Mathias and we finished the first segment where he's about to make his first team debut. Um, it was a Division 3 game at Scunthorpe in March 1968 and I think you wore the number 6 jersey, right?
0: Yes, um, it was a funny, funny situation really. I think uh... Eddie Robertson and myself was um was training one day and uh, the first team had played at Grimsby yeah. on the Tuesday or Wednesday evening and they lost the game and we were in a bit of a bit of trouble, you know, at the lower part of the division. So, uh we've just finished training. The next minute Dave Russell appears and says, Can you go home and get your gear? Um I'm taking you back down to Scunthorpe. You know, we play Scunthorpe yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. So uh off we went, got all the gear and come back and Eddie and I travelled down to um just To through, and that was when I made my debut yeah. in March 1968.
1: And a, a month earlier, there'd been that famous cup tie Everton v Tranmere in the fifth round at uh, Goodison. Tranmere had gone to the fifth round, 62,000 people.
0: That was absolutely fantastic. And mm. that was a game I think George Yardley missed, wasn't it, when uh, he got injured? Um, I think it was, was yes, yeah. yes. He got done in Newsby Town. Uh, was it Alfwood? Alfwood, yes. Um, mm. He did yeah. him, didn't he? Uh, no, he did do he him, did him Yes yeah, he And did put him, him in me. hospital Unfortunately did, yeah. George couldn't make it Out of hospital To, to make and the game George was
1: a key player He was a good player Wasn't he A good centre forward George jo-
0: George was one of the Slowest players You'd ever wish to meet But he was one of the bravest Yes And one who read the game Absolutely yes. Unbelievably yes. well You know And who's. was mm. I think that's what got him through the game and got him the goals what he got, you know. He's so brave, you know, mm. putting his head in a situation, mm. putting his foot in and yeah. and
1: I think that's what George Yardley was all about, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great character. And your arrival in the team, Ray, uh, as we said it was um March nineteen sixty eight. It coincided with the last few matches of Johnny King's playing career. He just played out the end of that season and that was it. All oh, right. I, I, I didn't up. Realize that. Yeah. Um
0: I know we, we played one game which was um against Berry and Betty we were going for promotion at the time and uh, we were doing quite well. Yeah. We picked ourselves up and stayed in the league quite comfortably then and uh, we played against the team Berry and he had uh, Roy Parnell, Pancho we used to call yes, him, and yes. Bobby Collins. Now, there's a name for you. And, uh, <laughs> Bobby Collins. I think John had mentioned him. Obviously, uh, he'd mentioned him to me. You know, being a young lad, he says, listen, be careful of this fella because he's a bit naughty and he may go over the top on you. So, uh, just be careful. Anyway, throughout the game, he was absolutely fantastic. Was he? I couldn't have played against a bet He, he schooled me through the game. Did he, he really? And he kept encouraging me. His tackles were were clean, and 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 so I kept mine clean as well. So yeah. it, was, it was a great occasion for me, you know, for yeah. playing against Bobby Collins yeah. on that on that day, you know, on the night and. Uh, I think we won the game as well, which was a bonus to us. And right, uh, yeah. Pancho, I know Pancho was uh, a going <laughs> mad because he, he thought I'm not going to get me money here if we get prom- don't get promotion. Exactly. So, uh, yeah.
1: But uh, Bobby Collins, Bob, I mean, he, he was an assassin, though. You got you got away scot free there. I, I certainly got away. scot-free He did. Jerry Byrne at Wembley, of course, in the sixty-five Cup final. I believe so. Yeah. And Jerry but, uh, had to play virtually yeah. the whole game with a broken collarbone and extra time, but that's yeah. another story. You also in that team. You made your debut. Jim Coombs in goal, wasn't he? Jim Coombs. Yeah. Uh, Cricketer and yes. Lancashire cricketer, you yes. know, was,
0: uh, I think Jim was one of the funniest people. He's a good we've after dinner met. man, wasn't he? Jim was, later, yes. Yeah. yeah, later, yeah. Mm. Um, but it, on the coach going to games, he was just was unbelievable. Like he'd be going up different things, he'd say, you know, he'd, he'd go like, he'd have a ticket, one of these tickets, you know, a bus conductor oh, and that, you know, he'd you? go up and down <laughs> first place, you know, and he'd, he'd say, go up to the manager, Dave Russell, and <laughs> 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 he'd hey, get to. Yes, like, indeed. You know, yes, and that was we... it. It was amazing. But, uh, but that's great for Team know, Spirit, right? Yeah, it was, yes. yes. Fantastic, Jim. Yeah. You know, but it, there's never a dull moment Jim Coombs about it, can I can assure you.
1: Well, in 69, Dave Russell moved up to general manager. He was succeeded by Jackie Wright. Before, in December 1971, Ron Yates crossed the river from Anfield to become player... An assistant manager then he succeeded right in becoming player manager in March 1972 I was just going through I hadn't realised there were so many Ray but Ron brought in a batch of former Liverpool players Ian St John Tommy Lawrence Bobby Graham Willie Stevenson Joe Fagan's son Kit and reserve left back Eddie Flood you must have thought it was a Liverpool invasion at that time <laughs> wasn't it? it was good because yeah. I think yeah, it was sure, a great yeah. experience yeah. you know
0: for, for us you know to play against yeah. the likes of Willie Stevenson ain't yeah. St John I remember Ian actually on the training ground uh, totally accidental you know uh, and I think he finished his career He um, he's just playing in a five-a-side game after the training was more or less finished than yeah. that and next minute he just went over we were at the Oval and uh, mm. broke his leg unfortunately yeah. I think that was
1: it I think it was yet, it, yes yeah, yeah.
0: But um, great lad. Ian, oh, you know. Oh, and fantastic. I remember I remember the occasion we had we had an FA Cup tie against South Liverpool, would you believe that? And yes. the pitch at South Liverpool <laughs> and the dressing rooms at South Liverpool Left were absolutely fantastic. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> that was a, a great introduction to FA Cup football to them. You know, but oh, they say, he, yes. they accepted it well. Ian in Saint John. Yeah. And he come. I remember him going when I was. He says, "What the heck is this?" Did We're he going... say,
1: "What the heck?" I'm amazed. Well, at that, I could imagine. The... <laughs> 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 yeah, and there was,
0: like mud everywhere. A but bit we ended different up...
1: from Wembley in '65 to that, right Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: We ended up winning the game two-one anyway, and yeah. uh, come away yeah. well relieved. You know, yes. with the result.
1: Well, that was the pitch on which players like Jimmy Case and John Aldridge made their uh, first moves in football, so South Liverpool. That's right, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, having said there was an Anfield invasion, there was also players coming through, like Steve Koppel, of course, great, Bobby Tyne and Ronnie Moore, they came through, didn't they, at about yes, the same time? Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, we had, um, you know, Roy Ma- I had Roy McFarlane, Roy, you know, yes, Roy was a very, yes. very good friend of mine, yes. we go through from He'd Liverpool. gone, I think, by then. Yes, he had, yeah. yes, and... Uh, yeah. Stevie Coppel came. out. I think Stevie only played twenty odd games for yes. us, and uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, but he played in front of me, so mm. no wonder he went to Manchester. So he got United. a good start. Well, in he got life, a good. He, he got right? a good. <laughs> didn't have to do any defending, <laughs> no. did he? So was... <laughs> no, Stevie's one of them players. He worked hard. Tyler could you see right down. away? Oh, gonna... you you know, you could see little bits where. um yeah. And it's funny how uh, how we how we went because we were down at Aldershot. I think Ron Yates knew uh, one of the generals down there, and he invited us down to the to the uh, <laughs> army camp. Really? So yeah. we went there for more or less the week. We played the battalion team on the Wednesday, yeah. and then played Aldershot on the Saturday. Yeah.
1: So it was uh, it was one of them, you know. We went down, and and that was it. Yeah, very good. Now, because under Ron, there's a notable game which will stand forever in the history books. October the second, nineteen seventy-three, League Cup, Arsenal. Nil Tranmere won. and you were in that famous team. The only goal of the game from Eddie Loyden. and in doing that, in so doing, Tranmere are the only club to have a hundred percent record at Highbury well, that's against fan- Arsenal. That's
0: fantastic, John, yeah. isn't it? You know when you yeah. when you think. Uh, I remember in the night well. It was uh, it was a great goal from Eddie Loyden, You know, Eddie was one of them. Uh, Any balls into the box, you know, and he was a great, absolutely mm. fantastic in the air, you know, and yeah. he he won and. To, to score that, when you think Arsenal had done a double yes. last the previous season or the season before that, and I remember the game uh, very, very well where we had Mark Palius actually, mm-hmm. who ended up as the chairman of the FA. Indeed, yeah. And um, he had a, do- a job to do against Alan Ball, and Alan Ball was an absolute oh, fantastic oh, player, oh, you fantastic, know, yeah. his time at Everton, you yeah. know, and whatnot. But Mark followed him everywhere. And he got so annoyed with himself, Alan Ball, like he's he's gone to do Mark. And unfortunately, it was a little bit of a clumsy tackle and he's injured himself. Mm. And poor Alan ended up losing uh, out for three months with, yes. a, with a knee injury. Which he was, got so
1: exasperated at the job that uh, Mark that, was doing. That was it? a job
0: but you know, Ron yeah. Yates had given him to do. But yes. uh, on that day, I remember Ron Yates was absolutely fantastic. He played against Ray Kennedy and I can't remember the other striker's name. John, John, Radford. John Radford. John Radford. Yeah. yeah. And the two. But they'd of them done were, the double. They had, eighteen yeah. months earlier. Yeah. And they they were absolutely. But Ron Yates put the two of them in his pocket. I'll never forget the game. Absolutely fantastic. He just
1: brought that old form out again. Oh,
0: it was just and Ron went after games. You know, if you have seen him? He had this big belt on where he wore and, you know, he'd uh, he'd run round after the game. He couldn't walk. You know, and it was it was mm. a bad. You know, yeah, his back had he had a bad back a bad problem yeah. with his back. Yes. Man, but, Absolutely colossal, you know, and he did call him Shankley, call him that, didn't he? The colossus, he colossus indeed, you know, on yes. that. And yeah, he was uh, Shank on, that, said, on that night, he was fantastic.
1: Shank said, when, when he signed him, he says, Now we've got this man at centre half, we can play Arthur Askey in goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: yeah, but we had Tommy Lawrence, you know, when Tommy was a Tommy yeah. was a character. But Dick
1: Johnson was in goal that night, yeah, he was, yeah. yes, yeah, before that. So I
0: think Dick had a uh, John. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy had a spell with us, and oh, uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, Tommy. It's, uh, yeah. it's great to yeah. have him. Aboard I just well.
1: was through the team because it was a famous uh, night. Dick Johnson in goal, Ray Mathias, Kit Fagan, Ronnie Moore, Ron Yates, Willie Stevenson, Bobby Tynan, Mark Palias, Eddie Loiden, Tommy Young, and Hugh Macaulay. There's another player who um, uh, played for Liverpool as well, isn't it? And Paul Crossley went on as a sub for Tynan. So there you are. Now then, Ray. The following July. You wrote another piece of history because you were part of the Tranmere team who became the first English club to beat a team managed by Alex Ferguson. Oh, right. Now, you didn't I, know this, did you? I didn't. No. It was a pre-season friendly at East Stirling. You remember that tour? I definitely remember yeah. that, yes. It was Fergie's second game in charge and you went there and won 2-1. Right. Steve Copple scored the first goal. I don't know who scored the second and the crowd was a massive 1,414. So there you are.
0: Yeah, so I remember you, I remember playing the the Sterling teams actually because it was East Sterling and, and Sterling Albion I think it yes, was. Yes, that's anyway. right. So yeah, uh, yeah, I remember I remember going down and we stayed at uh, Sterling University. Right. So it was. Uh, I just couldn't remember. No. Alex well, friendly, being the manager, you, you tend then, to you know, put so friendlies yeah. out of your mind. Yeah.
1: But there you are. That's. Yeah. Uh, so I bet Fergie doesn't remember it.
0: No, no, we certainly did because we had a good time there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have a good time? We had anyway? a good time. Yeah, because yeah. you had a, you had a big lake where they used to do all these tests. You know. Uh, scientific tests and all that and right. the lads used to go out on the boat oh. which we shouldn't have been doing no, no, and one of no, the lads no. fell in it so. Oh dear <laughs> So it was, oh, <laughs> so it was uh, a little bit worrying at the time Yes
1: indeed, yeah Well at the end of that 74-75 season Tranmere were relegated to Division 4 Johnny King succeeded Big Ron the first of his two periods as manager and he led you to promotion motion at the first attempt back again you one of a, and you were one of a club record five ever-presents. Now that's amazing. I think it's a Tranmere record. You played in all 46 league games. You and four other players. That's amazing, really, isn't it?
0: Yes, John. I think if you look at um, look at players these days, you know, and you know, certainly the fitness coaches are are uh, how many minutes a player can I play know. these days. You know, which yeah. is absolutely ludicrous. I I had a testimonial. I remember getting my testimonial, and, and on the back it had my history for the previous 10 years, you know, and that, and it was 46, 46, 46, 45, 46, 45, 46, 45, 46 and I, I couldn't believe it, you know, no. I, you know, you don't realise this, no. but you just, you just get on with football, John, yeah. you love playing exactly football, right. so exactly. and you had cup ties as well, I know we never made a lot, no, a lot but of you distance had, you in you the cup ties, them, so you it? still had to play, so yes. you're playing 50 odd games a season, absolutely, you know, and uh, you never complained, just got on with it, and, and Plus that Plus your it. friendlies. Oh yes, exactly, yeah, you know, yeah. at the
1: beginning of the season, Indeed, you know, yes. so... Yeah, you know, but... Uh, rotation that's... wasn't known then, right? Rotation
0: <laughs> certainly wasn't known then, John. So
1: I, I guess by what you said, you're not a big fan of rotation.
0: I'm not really, no. no. Uh, you know, uh, just for what we've been through, really, and, and players, uh, and certainly pitches are a lot better now, you oh. know, I think. You look at the pitches and the In training facilities. Yeah. We We used to go out on our training ground. It was like a bug. Yeah. You know, so you could imagine what it's taken out of your legs then, you know. You're going on to your own pitch, and your own pitch, our tram here, once got October came, the pitch was like a bog itself then, you know, so, you know, you went from one bog to another, but you just got on with it and played your games and and that was it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And also, of course, in the end, players want to play, don't they? They don't want to sit and watch, do they?
0: Well, I think you can ask the modern day footballer now, you know, does he he want to sit on the bench or does he want to be on the pitch? And the only place he wants to be is kicking a ball around on a Saturday afternoon.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: that's... That's the belief every footballer gets. That's what he he, he works at from when he's nine or ten to be a footballer if he wants to be a footballer. And then when he becomes a footballer, he wants to go out and excite the crowd. Please the crowd in, in any way that he can and yeah. show sure his skills what he's got. Absolutely.
1: I'm talking to um, former Tranmere and Wigan manager and Tranmere appearance record holder, Ray Mathias. We'll be back uh, talking to Ray Moore after this break. Stay tuned.
0: This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9
1: Hello and yeah. welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9 My studio guest is Ray Mathias and we got a uh, up to the part of the story in the last segment where, in 1979, Trammere had slipped back into Division Four, Johnny King was sacked and succeeded as Trammere manager by Brian Hamilton. But Brian Ray, he then fell victim to the chaotic era under Bruce Osterman, who, for people who might not know or remember, he was the San Francisco-based lawyer who took over the club. Um, and he was also... Um, he thought of himself as a goalkeeper, didn't he?
0: Definitely so. Yes, uh, I think Brian <laughs> went through probably the one of the worst periods in Tramiers history. Yeah, in terms of from 1980 when the club uh, were trying to survive, you know, which was very very difficult for them then, you know. And yeah. uh, I think around 1980, we I think one of the saddest uh, times for me anyway at Tramiers was uh, we lost Eddie Eddie Robertson on mm. the uh, on the beach at West Kirby. Yes. He died and passed away. Um, John John Kerr and myself, who God God bless him, he's he's passed away uh, a couple of years ago, John himself, you know. Uh, but we're on the beach trying to revive Eddie uh, and the ambulance coming and John Kerr and myself went in the ambulance trying to revive Eddie with the ambulance person and mm. uh, Unfortunately, he, he was dead on arrival. Uh, they said to us that he was dead on the beach, and yeah. but that was the saddest part. You know, we had to go then, Brian Hamilton, myself, tell his wife and tell his children, yes. which was a massive, oh, oh, unbelievable you, thing to what go an through. Awesome you, know, thing you know, not to have to do. only myself and John Kerr and Brian Hamilton, but the players as well. You know, to try to overcome that because yeah. Eddie was a very, very popular. Oh, guy. he was a f- yeah part of the furniture he at was, Prenton, yeah. wasn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, but as you say, then uh, nineteen eighty four Bruce Osterman came in and uh, what a fella he was, John. Oh, what a fella. He used to wear glasses. Thought he was a goalkeeper, expert goalkeeper. He had a fella called Kenny Bracewell, is a uh, Aide Camp. Vice Chairman, yes. as he called himself. He used to sit round in the desk all, all day. What he'd done I don't know. But uh, he'd go out uh they'd go out on the pitch on a Friday, before the game on a Saturday, all the gear, loads of balls, and he'd be kicking in at the bottom goal that's, by the couch That's
1: unbelievable.
0: And uh ruining all the pitch, you know, the when they exactly. prepared, you know, for exactly. the game on Saturday. It's staggering. And then he'd be shooting ball straight at him, this Kenny Bracewell, and he'd be he'd be cheering, Oh Chairman, what a fantastic save. <laughs> and I'm I'm stood behind this wall hiding oh, and dear. Holding me laughing in really, out loud, you know, it's so funny, it was unbelievable. But I
1: think some of the lads had their own bits of ammunition on this, oh,
0: didn't they? It was great, it was fantastic, because he used to come down the training ground as well, and he'd have all his gear on, stick him in goal, you know, after the goalkeepers, used to take the goalkeepers out then, and then uh, the players were made up, because they'd find the biggest puddle and the biggest piece of mud they could roll the ball in. And then... Get it down, put it down, and and aim for his head. (laughs) It was was funny, and I was absolutely. And he probably still didn't get the message. And then at the end, they bombarded him with every ball at once, which was uh, just to let finish the session off, which was great.
1: But I mean, it it, it ended rather very very sadly for you because um, they got Brian just had enough, and he left in February '85. You were in temporary charge, but instead of making you manager. What did Osterman do? He brought in Frank Worthington. And with all regards to Frank, he ain't a Tranmere Rovers manager, is he?
0: I think his connection was in the States then, because if I'm right, he went to the States playing there for, for a yeah, couple of years. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, we were playing head tennis, one, just the beginning of pre-season, like, you know, yeah. and playing head tennis in the, under the couch, yes, as we did. And um, next minute, I seen a couple of people coming in in suits, and next minute, I looked over, it's Frank Worthington. So... Um, I'd I'd spoke to Brian Hamilton. Brian Hamilton was at Wigan at that time, and yeah. he'd asked me would I, would I go with him, um, and I can assure you, John, it was uh, the hardest decision. I'm sure it was. I've had to make in my life. Has it been
1: well? Tranmere was your life. Well,
0: 22 years, you yeah, know. And I, yeah. my son, I used to take my son down on a Sunday down. We I'd take the treatment, you know, and all that. Once Alex McClellan had finished and all that, we used to treat the lads and then go home and my son would play in the pitch. So it was a massive, massive uh, thing for me to leave them, you know, and it was heartbreaking. But, you know, we'd done that and uh, made the decision to leave Tramir which was, in the end, it worked out
1: okay. Well, it did because um, eventually, in 1986, you... um you took over for a three-year stint as Wigan manager, didn't you? Yes, uh... and you led them to the FA Cup quarter-final in '87, the furthest they'd reached until the, earlier this year when they got to the final. And then you—you um, you then got a call from Tranmere and went back to work under Johnny King, who'd been brought back to the club by Peter Johnson, who'd saved the club from this nonsense that had gone before with Osterman. Um, in 1987, Johnny came back and the club had that amazing last-ditch win over Exeter to stay up on, stay in the Football League, in fact.
0: Yes, it was a a fantastic uh, occasion. You know, John asked me, well, it was Frank Korf asked me to come back at the time in 89 and uh, uh, it was a sports centre manager, I think it was, but John (laughs) King used to come in every morning. John John and I were neighbours for years, you know, and for 27 years, I think it was, you know, so... uh, (laughs) He, once he took over as manager, he made me captain, you know. Yes, so quite, yeah. You know because he knew what my personality and that. And then um, he knew me sitting in an office in the sports centre. I was getting itchy, you know, and that one went out watching him on the on the training ground in Bidston where where we were training then. And he said to me, "Do you want to come out and?" I sort of snatched his hands off, you yeah. can imagine. It was, it was great for me, just getting yes. out and getting back. And uh, he gave me the position of uh, reserve team manager, which was fantastic.
1: Yeah, He went back to Wigan as manager in August 1998. They were then in the second division, yeah, um, which was the third level of English football. But after a season, uh, you won the 0-2... Windscreen trophy at Wembley as we mentioned earlier, didn't yes, you? Yes, that was
0: that was against Millwall. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, again, that was my ties with the radio, you know, obviously going to Wembley and that. But Yeah, uh, yeah. We also got to the um the playoffs against yeah. Man City,
1: which two one aggregate. That was absolutely, agonizing, wasn't
0: it? Absolutely amazing. Um yeah. we played at Springfield Park. That was the last season at Springfield ah, Park, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, um we drew one-one, yeah. and then we went to Man City. I'll never forget the game. was It was a full stadium, you know. We were playing in, and uh, we should have had a penalty in the in the first half, which was absolutely diabolical, never given. Yeah. And then Sean Gota, yes. you, know, you you hate trying spilt milk, you know, but Sean Gota's come in on this cross. He's never going to make it with any part of his body, only his arm,
1: yeah. and
0: he's stuck his arm out, it's hit his arm, and gone in the back right. of the net, and the referee's given it, you know. Yeah. And, and I think. Um, at the end of that season, 98 99 season, after two days of being in the playoffs, uh, the chairman came in, Dave Whelan, and uh, said, I'm relieving your duties, Ray. I thought, oh, that's, that's strange. All... It's amazing. Yeah, uh... And it was one thing, I just couldn't believe that, John. You know, I think if you do things wrong. Yes. Um, but when I went there, he said to me, um, If I see progression throughout the, the season, I'll be delighted. Mm now progression of winning win the auto win screen trophy and at Wembley playoffs. and gets into the Goodness playoffs me, you know, that's i progress. just couldn't believe it you know so i think the fans then were absolutely amazed. You know? i'm sure
1: they were eh yeah i
0: think with with um, with dave Whelan being the the, the person he was and the, the high profile person throughout the town and the yeah. money he pumped into the football club yeah i think they would have gone against him or gone against anybody else but uh, they yeah, didn't
1: just he just know? got away yeah. with it because of that yeah. Yeah, must be was... sad for you. But it was back to Tranmere, and then by then John Aldridge was uh, manager, You part of the backroom team there, and then Aldo called it today in two thousand and one. And you and Kevin Sheedy took charge together for the final eleven games. But sadly, you couldn't quite keep them up, could you?
0: Yeah, I think it was out of our reach then. Yes, you know, and I, think, I think you know. It was. I think it was, it was. We were in yeah. a position where we've gone in to try and to try and do something about yeah. it. You know, yeah. and uh, and that was it. You know, we we tried our hardest. Um, Went in and did it, you know. And yeah. I thought maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure Kevin was after the job. Kevin Cheedy then was after the job as well, and I was certainly after it. You know, yes. I, I would love to have got the the manager's position at the football club, but unfortunately I didn't. Dave Watson, Dave Watson, Dave Watson, yeah. Watson came in, and
1: uh, but he only lasted a season, and he yeah, went. Yeah,
0: it, it was amazing. I uh, couldn't uh, couldn't believe Dave because he was an absolutely gem of a lad. He was a yeah. fantastic lad. Didn't deserve, you know, because we'd gone down a previous season. Dave had come in on this pre Yeah. And we'd got the team to about eleventh or twelfth yeah. in the league, you yeah. know, which was yeah. which was a lot of progression then, you know, from yeah. from going down and in lifting the D, lads yeah. up that season. Yeah. And then we got into pre season and we've played two teams, I think. One was Birmingham, who'd spent millions on players. Yeah. And we'd played Man City as well. And uh, after the Birmingham, they've got the sack. Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, a bit harsh.
1: It was harsh, but um, y- you then stepped up to become managing your own right. August the first, two thousand and two. So you're manager.
0: Yes, um, it was an occasion which I'll never forget. I think it's something you strive, what you strive for, you know, throughout your life. Especially when you mentioned all the things I'd been I'd done. Yeah, you know, well, I'd, from, as we said, you know, that, that quote you know, from you. I mean, you know, right ago, at the start, you'd done everything. Now you were manager, yeah, taking a kit down to a, um, a lady. Down in Prenton, you know, and dropping it off and then picking it up when we <laughs> needed it for a match, and yeah. and then to become manager, you know, and and spend like thirty five years of your life, yeah, at one football club was was absolutely fantastic, and to become manager of them was
1: uh, was great. Oh, it's fantastic, fantastic. Y- yeah. yeah.
0: And I was I was delighted, John, in terms of you know the we we did well, we we got eighty points that season.
1: You finished seventh in your first season, didn't yes, you? Yes, we finished seventh.
0: Yeah we played on, and it was Cardiff who beat us uh, by a point I'll never forget the game we played against Cardiff and it was at Prenton Park we are 1-0 up Rob Earnshaw equalised we We're 2-1 up Rob Earnshaw equalised yeah with 3 2 up with five minutes to go, and I'd, I'd signed it. I can't remember his name, I've been trying to remember his name. I signed mm. a boy from Manchester City who was a centre half,
1: uh-huh.
0: and it transformed. us. I, I, I changed him from a centre half. I went to Burnley one night watching a reserve game, and I'd stuck him in the middle of the park. Yeah, when I would seen him play, he was playing centre half, and I'd, I'd seen I thought, I'm sure he can play midfield. Yeah, and he's, he's come and he's he started. And we, I'll never forget the game, he played it at Plymouth. And he absolutely went through with this tackle in the middle of the park. And you could see all the players round about him. And everybody went, "Wow, that'll do for me. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we won the game, Ian Hume scored the goal, yeah. we won 1-0, yeah. came away. And from then we went, we kept on getting yeah. the points and getting yeah. in the bag and all that. And uh, just that last game against Cardiff. It wasn't yeah. the last game of the season, no. but it's certainly the game which sticks in the my game mind. That, yeah, you can and pick out games. I think yeah. he made a mistake just inside our half. The ball goes out wide, down the flank, the next minute crossed. Who equalises? Earnshaw. Rob Earnshaw. Yeah,
1: he was that sort of player. Wasn't Unbelievable. He? Yeah. As small as he was, he yeah. was quick. Very, very quick player, yeah. what a goal's come. A snapper up of ill considered yes, exactly. trifles, Rob. Yes. We haven't got a lot of time, Ray. Uh sadly, in the September of your second season, the fans were up in arms because the club dispensed with your services. That must have been wounding to you that.
0: It was. Um Especially after the I think yeah. we'd started. We'd had ten games, you know, and yeah. I think we'd won one, two or three, and drawn a couple, you know, as well. But the team were a little bit of a. They were slow starters, but the nucleus of the team, which had got us eighty points, so yeah. it, was, yes. it was it was yeah. only a matter of time. I remember playing uh, the game against Wrexham, where we absolutely annihilated Wrexham. Uh, we lost the game two one, yeah. and we uh, were one 0 up. Equal, they equalised. Lee Jones played for Liverpool. Yeah, Lee he Jones. He'd mm. gone yeah. back to Wrexham. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this, this sub comes on, crosses this ball, and it was one of them, John. Crosses which goes right in the far. Instead of going onto somebody's head, went right in the far corner of the net, right. and, yeah. and they won the game 2 1.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you remember things like that? Yes. I yeah. was. Uh, it was unfortunate, but... Um... Well, you've always been in demand, Ray, because as well as being in charge of Chester and Stockport, you had success alongside Paul Ince at Macclesfield and Milton Keynes-Dons. You won the League Two title, didn't you? And yes. And the Football League trophy. You moved with Paul to Blackburn, who were then in the top flight, but after six months, Mr Allardyce arrives and you and Paul depart. Um, but now, of course, you're... Uh, you're you're well, you're available for scouting and also uh, maybe a new career in radio. I wish you well on that. We mentioned him during the show at many points. Johnny King. Uh it's great to see that a statue plan is in progress for him, Ray, isn't it?
0: Yes, delighted. Uh as I said before, John, I don't think he's gonna be any manager who will match what uh John no, achieved, you know, over the no. years. So he deserves that fully, you know, and uh, it's a credit to him. He was me through and through, you know, and he still lives on the on the will, and yeah. uh, so I'm delighted for him and uh, hope it's a good statue of him because he, he was a great fella.
1: Well, perhaps they'll get you to unveil it, as you've played more matches uh, for the club than anybody else. It would be a nice thing, wouldn't it?
0: Well, it'd be lovely, John. I think some uh, claim. You know, it's it's always nice, isn't it? You know, it's uh, to do that. But um, delight for John. You yeah. know, there's no better person. You know, as I say, we lived across the road from each other. You know, and uh, I was his captain for five or six years. So I was delighted on that. Brilliant, and, uh, great fella.
1: Great, Ray Mathias, Thank you very much for being my guest. That was brilliant. Thank you. And so from Ray and myself, John Keith, from this edition of Strictly John Keith, goodbye. Strictly John Keith. Keith. City Talk 105.9.